Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 205, When the Work Isn't Working 2.0. It's 2.0 because I have done an episode before with this title. I know, crazy. I am doing another episode and actually have deleted the older episode, When the Work Isn't Working, because if you haven't been listening for a while and don't know this, I've been doing this podcast for four years, and I'm starting to re-listen to earlier episodes and make sure that my messaging on those episodes is congruent with the messaging I now have in my later episodes. And I've really changed a lot as a human and as a coach, and I have very different viewpoints about a lot of things. And Perhaps one day I'll do a bonus episode about, you know, me shifting my thoughts and viewpoints. I mean, so much has changed, of course, in the last four years. I'm now recording this in February of 2023. I originally started this podcast called How to Stop Wanting Him Back. It's now Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. It evolved into heartbreak and finding love. Then my own personal re- personal experience of navigating through a new, amazing, healthy relationship and all the fear and anxiety that that brought up for me. And then always, of course, just bringing, you know, clients' experiences of working with me. And I love this podcast so much. I love all of you, my loyal listeners from over the years and for sticking with me because I'm not going to lie. I am cringing listening to me (laughs) in earlier episodes. I've actually been laughing with my clients because most of my clients come to me after they've been listening to the podcast for a while. And I'm like, what was wrong with you that you listened to those episodes and you hired me? (laughs) We have a good laugh. But I think, you know, just as much as I'm on a journey growing as a human, growing as a coach, growing as a student of this work, so are my clients, right? They were the right match for me at that time. And they've grown with me or, you know, we eventually part ways. But it's been funny to think about because I do have some clients, you know, from two years ago, I still work with some clients for a longer time, a longer period of time and that they really were loyal listeners and became loyal to me while I am cringing at some of the things that I said. And there's too much to get into. And I perhaps I'll do a separate episode on just my evolvement And it doesn't mean that I've now arrived and I've got it all figured out. I think I'm always a student of this work. You know, who knows, four years from now, I could be listening to this actual episode and cringing listening to this. But, you know, so it is. And then I have the opportunity to delete this episode. But I'm feeling pretty good about what I want to share in today's episode when the work isn't working. I also want to add in a trigger warning for anyone who is dealing with eating disorders or has a major sensitivity to body issues because I am going to be offering up a personal share that is related to that along with my drinking journey that I have been talking about in our recent episodes with my dear friend and holistic health expert, Jamie McEwen. And I know that you're tuning in 
assuming that I'm talking about when the work isn't working in your love life, whether you're heartbroken or looking for love, I will be touching on that. But I was inspired to do this episode because of my own new journey, or I should say revisited journey with looking at my relationship with alcohol. You can check out those episodes. I don't want to get um, too off track, but I am 100% Irish. I don't identify as an alcoholic, but I don't like that I do depend on alcohol to like take the edge off or make me believe that I will have more fun with alcohol involved. I don't I don't like that for me personally and I also don't love the brain fog. I don't get hungover. I have a wooden leg. I have a high tolerance. It's not about me getting sloppy or being too hungover to function or anything like that, but I know that that's my next level of work to really have a much more conscious relationship with alcohol, not just not drink for 30 days and then get back to regular drinking, but really manage a conscious relationship with alcohol and keeping it to a minimum is really important for me. So without further ado, I'll segue in on that for this episode, When the Work Isn't Working 2.0. I came back from Hawaii with Larry, my partner, and his kids after the new year, we came back on like the third or the fourth. And that was when I knew I was going to start my dry January. And I kind of had it up my sleeve. I'm going to go through mid-February. That's when my birthday is and just do it for a longer period of time. Because really my parents had been visiting Santa Barbara where we live for two weeks in November. And then it was like the holidays and all the craze. And then we were in Hawaii for two weeks and I was just drinking more. And I knew, okay, you're going to do like a nice big cleanse and, you know, recharge your liver and just get more healthy in your body. And I did feel puffier in my body. I've also noticed in my early 40s, I'm approaching 42. Will it be by the time? Oh, no, it won't be by the time. I'll be approaching 42 in less than a week by the time this episode comes out. And I have noticed changes in my body, which has brought back old negative tapes about my body, which I really thought I had healed. And that's a big aha that has come up for me. And one of the reasons why I wanted to delete older episodes was because I felt like I had thought I had arrived with loving my body and I had arrived with this thriving business. And I just like had arrived with like all my ideas of what great relationships would be. And it's like, That's not all true. I still stress in my business on multiple levels. I still now have residual body stuff coming up. I've also struggled with a money story, especially throughout most of my 20s and my 30s. I had a feast feast or famine money story when I was an actor. And I just see myself like always panicking that I'm going to be out on the street, which is not happening, but I see my panic go in. It's like that old tape can really play. And I do think at one point I had a breakthrough with my relationship with my body, with my business, with money, with family, with friends, with myself and who I want to be when I get out there and date. Like those things are all true. And I still own that. And I know that coaching brought me to that. And I know that coaching showed me how to heal my heart in a way that I never did. And I know that coaching helps me call in Larry. All of those things are true. And 
it's okay and very possible that you can still freak out and revert back to old ways when you thought you had healed those ways. And that's a big aha for me, especially in the last year. And I recently did another episode called Inward and Onward, just talking about how last year I was really outside of myself and very reactive to things that were going on. I had a lot of curveballs thrown at me work-wise and personally. And I just went kind of back to that reactive, frantic state and was just making decisions from a very stressed state. It was just a frustrating, challenging year. And so this year, I'm my biggest commitment to myself and really to you guys listening and to my clients is for me to be an example on a next level to go inward and, and, and check in with me what is right for me, which also led me to realize, and this is just a little side note, that I want to coach more one-on-one clients again. And I still want to obviously keep my group program going, but I was just doing so much based on what other people told me was the right thing to do. And I didn't even realize that I wasn't checking in to see if that felt right for me. And I think that's easy for all of us to do. I'm not sitting here. I feel like this sounds like I'm I'm offering up a confessional here. <laughs> I'm really not. It's just like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was doing all of this stuff. And so, of course, then I was starting to drink more than what I would like to. You know, I would say on average, eight to 12 drinks a week. To some of you, that might not sound crazy. But for me, you know, I, I just would have more anxiety, more brain fog, more ir- I was more irritable and it just doesn't work well for me. And then in Hawaii gone for 2 weeks, I was drinking like 3 drinks a day and you know, it's definitely uncomfortable for me to share all that with you, but you guys know I really like to be as transparent and real and I I can't help but wonder and guess that there are many of you listening who can relate. And I just want to shine a light on it and say, I see you and I hear you and I am you on so many levels. And I think I'm realizing more and more too, what I don't love about a lot of coaches I see on social media is like, look at me and I've got it all figured out. And I think I've got a lot figured out, but there's still more I'm figuring out and I'm okay with that. And Brooke Castillo always says, or at least she used to say it back in the day, I used to hear her say, there's no there there. There's no like mountain point at the top that you get to and then you can relax and arrive. And I love that. I love that this is still a journey where I'm always doing the work and there's going to be challenges and there's going to be wins and I'm here for all of it. So dry January, I did not drink. By the way, I think we're on day 31. I'm on day 31. I'm not drinking. And I'm very clear. I'm going to have two drinks on Friday night of my birthday weekend to two drinks on Saturday night. And then I'm going to go back to no drinking. And I, I don't have some deadline. And the reason why I don't have some deadline is because this is probably the first cleanse where I've hit 30 now 31 days of no drinking. And I don't feel spectacular. Usually when I've done cleanses, and I hope you're starting to see the theme why I'm talking about this. This is called when the work isn't working 2.0. When I quit drinking, 
and then I start eating clean and I'm getting out and I'm getting my steps in, I usually see a difference in my body. By the way, I am a thin woman. I'm not looking to lose crazy weight, but I wasn't expecting to gain weight. And again, trigger warning, because I don't think that I'm overweight. I don't think this is a terrible thing. This is where I know the work is working because I'm not freaking out. I will not lie. I've gained five pounds and I don't love the five pounds, but I'm not losing my mind over it. But I am like, how how is that happening? How how did I gain five pounds when I've quit drinking and I'm eating so much more clean? Now, it doesn't, I'm not gonna get into the, oh my God, well, what have I been eating and all of that? That doesn't matter. I've I've talked to a nutritionist and you know, we're looking at what are the ways that this could happen. I've also done research. It turns out I'm not the only one. But it got me thinking about here I am doing the work and it isn't working. So when a client says to me, I've been doing the work and it's not working, I'm just going to offer this up. And it could be like she's on a drinking journey. I have a one-on-one client. That's her focus right now is she, she came to me heartbroken, but now we're really looking at her fall in love with you journey. And we're looking at her relationship with alcohol. And so when someone's like, I'm doing the work and it's not working, I want to know, okay, are you, and and this isn't everything. You don't have to be doing all of this, but these are the things that I would look at, even if the person is heartbroken or they're on a drinking journey or they're looking for love. Are you meditating, eating well, sleeping well, drinking less, exercising, doing coaching or talk therapy or both doing mindset work? on the result that you want to create, and then creating a clear and conscious plan and implementing. And then when you're not, you know, feeling like you're over him or attracting your ideal guys or girls or whoever, how are you showing up when you're feeling that disappointment? Because I think, and I'm totally admitting this, when I put in the work for two weeks or a month, I expect change. (laughs) So I would also say, and how long have you, have you been doing all these things? And I threw in meditating, eating well, drinking less, sleeping well, exercising, you know, on top of the obvious mindset work that I would be teaching to my clients regarding creating the result of healing their heart or finding love, because it's like, who are you being in other areas of your life and how are you treating yourself? And I think our my, I know our mindset work is way more elevated when we're taking better care of our physical health. And I know that that's not new information for you, but I think friendly reminder that it isn't just like I hired a heartbreak coach or I hired a finding love coach or relationship coach, whatever. And I'm doing the things she's telling me, but meanwhile, I'm drinking every night. I'm not sleeping well. I'm, you know, living on Instagram and TikTok and just like not really being my highest functioning self in all areas. That's something that I would definitely look at. And then you have to know, especially when it comes to your love life, or even if you quit drinking for a little bit, that, you know, you can't expect that all of a sudden you're just going to attract a bunch of high caliber men. And like, there it is. It's just not always that simple. I would say a majority of the time, not always that simple. And I think we lose sight that we are putting an expectation 
on the universe or God or whatever, or your coach that, okay, if you tell me to do these things, then where is he? Why am I still not over him? Why do I still want him back? Why is he obsessively on my mind? Why is it that I've quit drinking for 31 days and eating clean and I've gained five pounds? I haven't lost five pounds. Why? There could be a myriad of reasons for all of those things. But here's the question that I want to ask you. Would you prefer to not be doing these things and not have the result that you want or be doing these things and not have the result that you want? (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Would you prefer to be doing all these things and not have the result or not be doing all these things and not have the result? Because the conclusion that I came to for myself in terms of, okay, well, here we are 31 days in not drinking. Do I just want to go back to drinking and think that that's going to solve for the five pounds? No, I know scientifically that's not the answer for me. I know there's something else to figure out if I choose to figure out, and I do choose. I want to figure that out. So I'm going to look into it, and I'm going to keep going. And furthermore, and maybe I should have reversed the order here in my notes, but I didn't just do dry January because I wanted my body to look better. I really didn't. That's part of the reason, and and it's a big reason. I'm not trying to deny that. But I also know alcohol is a toxin. It's a carcinogen. It's the second leading cause for women to get breast cancer. I know it contributes to the brain fog, the anxiety, the irritability, the lack of productivity. I know what alcohol does. And I also, another why, decided that I don't want, and I know I said this earlier, but I think it's important to reiterate, I don't want to be someone who looks forward to the end of the day just because she wants to have a drink to take the edge off or because she wants to just have more fun. I don't want alcohol to be the driving factor. And save the opinion, save the judgments. Please don't slide into my DMs to be like, well, maybe you have a problem, Claire, because I've asked myself that. I don't think I do, but I think I could if I let myself and I didn't do a deeper inquiry on alcohol and my relationship with alcohol. I think it could could have gone there. There's, I mean, 100% Irish. I've got alcoholism in, in the family, in my blood. But my reasons for doing the work go beyond like the results of, ooh, looking better. Because I also think, and I know I'm very like starting and stopping here, but I want to be really clear in what I'm saying. And I sometimes when I'm get really passionate, I'm not the most articulate. I also think when the motivating factor is purely a superficial factor, like I want to heal my heart just because I don't want him anymore, or I want to quit alcohol because I want to look a certain way, or I want to find love so that then I don't have to worry about dating anymore. And then I just have him and like life is better. First of all, that's just not true. I mean, yes, life is better with Larry in my life. Don't get me wrong, but life is still hard with Larry in my life. And, and, you know, acclimating into a life with a man with four children, that was hard. He was worth it. They were worth it. They still are. But, you know, I, I always say 
life will still give you curveballs and challenges, even with your most ideal relationship, whether it has to do with that relationship or just you and your life period outside of the relationship, which will impact the relationship or he or she or they may have something going on in their lives that will impact the relationship. So I think Larry is my dream man and I think I'm his dream woman and I think we're perfect for each other, but we still have shit. We still have challenges. And so the work never stops. That's the takeaway from this episode. The work never stops. I talked about this in the episode Addicted to Love, where I had my dear friend Katie Johnston on, and we were inspired to do this episode because we watched Matthew Perry from Friends be interviewed by Diane Sawyer. And he said, she said, how how will we know if we're supposed to worry about you again? Because for those of you who don't know, he's battled drugs and alcohol for years and years and years. And it's like he's almost died. It's really, really bad. Like he thinks he should be dead with all that he was putting into his body. And he said, if I tell you that I'm cured, that's when you should be worried. Even though he's sober, he's saying, if I tell you I'm cured, that's when you should be worried. And I really have thought deeply about my clients who are currently dating and haven't found their person and they want to fall into the slippery slope of like, I'm doing all the things and it's not working. And I'm sitting back from afar and seeing how they are completely different women from when we first started working for each other. They stand up for themselves in a way. And it's not that they're combative in their dating lives, but they know their worth in a completely new and different way. They are so much more clear on who they're looking for and the standards they have in their ideal relationship. They are recognizing that even though they're still heartbroken over Mr. Miss Wrong, that intellectually they're seeing, yeah, that person really isn't my person, but they're still working on nursing the wounds and recognizing like actually that behavior was not okay. Actually fascinating that here I am heartbroken over this person. And as we're unpacking it, like this is actually really bad how this person was treating me. And all I was thinking was, please come back or please don't leave me. There's so much growth when you've been doing the work, even if you don't have the official result. The work can still be working even when you still want Mr. or Miss Wrong back. The work can still be working even when you've quit alcohol or maybe you have some health fitness goal and you've been hitting the gym five days a week and you haven't seen results and been doing that for like a month. And the work can still be working even when you've been dating for I don't know how long But if you've been doing deeper inner work and you're showing up and you are evaluating your dates and understanding how you showed up and evaluating yourself, understanding the person, what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time? And you are committing to thinking, feeling, and behaving as the woman in your ideal relationship and showing up like a boss in the journey unattached to the when and unattached to the how, the work is working, my loves. And that doesn't mean that it isn't hard and that you're not going to have moments of discouragement and moments of throwing in the towel and moments of believing, no, it really isn't working. 
I also have clients who are dating and I know they're super ready because I've seen them do the work, heal their past relationships, next level, heal their relationships with themselves. But again, always an ongoing journey. And I'm like, you're ready. You just need to go find him. Just keep dating and be conscious and follow my five-step process and go look at my bonus dating guide section. Take things slowly. Ask the questions. Pay attention to what this person is giving you back. Keep your eyes wide open. Still keep swiping on other people. Don't put all your eggs in one basket right away. That's the work working. You showing up differently is the work working. I love what James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits. He encourages you to take on the behavior of someone who is debt-free or someone who's a professional athlete or someone who's a runner. Like I think Brooke Castillo talks about this too. If you want to be a runner, but you're not a runner yet, you could run around the block once for three minutes every day and you get to say, I'm a runner. Not for the sake of, I get to say I'm a runner, but you guys know what I mean. Then of course you want to be building it up to maybe five minutes or seven, 10, right? But start taking on the behaviors of the person who doesn't drink. Take on the behaviors of the person who is in her ideal relationship. And that might be confusing because you're like, well, how can I take on the behaviors of being the woman in my ideal relationship if I'm not in my ideal relationship and I'm swiping and I'm going on dates? That's not the same. But you're showing up like a boss and you're not making meaning out of someone not being interested in you back. Now, again, you get to feel the disappointment if you're interested in someone and they're not interested back. But then it's like, okay, I get to unpack that. I get to self-coach. I get to manage my mind. Go to my coach if you have one and keep fucking going. Be the woman in her ideal relationship. I want to be the woman who has a very conscious relationship with alcohol. And I want to feel really good and right in my body on the inside and out. Frankly, I'm not afraid to admit that. And I'm not like, yes, Jones in internally or externally. I feel very sluggish right now. I'm just moving through something. But I know just going back to drinking is not the solution. It's just taking longer for my body to adjust. Maybe it's a hormonal thing. Who knows? But tossing my hands is not the solution. And I think what it really comes down to, you guys, is believing in the work. Believing in the work when you don't see the evidence right away. Or maybe some of you are listening and you're like, no, I've been doing this work. And again, I would go through all the ways that are you really doing the work and are you really managing your mind when you go on five dates and then the person isn't interested? Are you letting yourself you know, feel that pain? And then are you unpacking it and learning? And then getting right back up on the horse, like all of the things. And if so, and you're really doing the work and looking for evidence to support that the work is working, that is the work working. Recognizing that you've become a different person, that you're taking on the behaviors of the future version of you that you want to become and loving that you're seeing the changes 
an aha that came up for my client, a good example of this. She was believing that the work wasn't working and she's been going on a bunch of dates and she, these were her words, I can't make one stick. And I actually was co-coaching with Katie Johnston, who did that uh, uh, several episodes with me on this podcast. She's my guest instructor, and we co-coached a call in my group program. And we were talking about, Katie asked this client an excellent question. She said, well, where are you at in your belief of finding your person on a scale of one to 10? And she said, a four. And we talked about how, well, how could we get you to a six or a seven? And she just reminded her brain of how she really is showing up differently. She's in the arena. She's going on the dates. She's building up her relationship with herself. And she even acknowledged that she's actually attracting higher caliber men, even though she hasn't found her person yet. She sees the ways that she is showing up differently, but it's easy to attach to, but I haven't found him yet. Oh, but I haven't gone on a second or a third date and look for why it isn't working. And again, I just think we're wired that way for survival and to protect ourselves, right? We're looking for danger and our brains are wired to look for the negative versus the positive. And then with societal pressures and all the thoughts and ideas about dating being hard and we're influenced by those around us and we hit a certain age and we think it should have happened yet. What does it mean that it hasn't happened yet, et cetera, et cetera. And it can get us into a tailspin, but it's our job to not indulge this idea that I'm doing the work and it isn't working. I would investigate, are you actually doing all of the work and are you trusting and believing in the work? And are you looking for evidence to support that the work is working even when you don't have the final result? And for me personally, it's just fun to be the person who's behaving as the healthier version of me, even though I'm not feeling and looking my best, in my opinion, at this point in time. And I think for me, as I was talking this out, I realized too, another reason why like, I want to treat myself and I want to have four conscious drinks over my birthday weekend, I feel really good and clean on that. Even if nothing changes, you know, physically or internally for me in the next week, I'm very clear. I still want to, at this point in my life, have a conscious relationship with alcohol. I'm not ready. Some people are like posting and sliding into my DMs because I've been talking about it on Instagram. You can follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach. They're like, congrats. Sobriety has like changed my life. And I'm like, thank you. But also at this stage in my life, I'm not it's not even I'm not ready. I just don't want to. But I that could change. I talked about that in one of the episodes with Jamie. I might decide one day, you know what? Too much to manage my mind around. It's just easier to not drink. But I know for sure, at least for the, that birthday weekend. But the reason why I want to go back off of it again after my birthday weekend is because I just don't think I've figured out and feel confident enough to know that I have figured out a way to navigate that conscious drinking journey just yet. And I just think that there's deeper inquiry for me. I'm just living and observing my mind, observing how I feel. Like last night, I went out to dinner with Larry, our favorite restaurant in Santa Barbara. It's called Alcazar. You have to check it out. It's on Cliff Drive. Anyone who comes, it looks like this tiny nothing. And then you go inside and it's got the coolest vibe and the best staff and the most amazing tapas in the world. And I always love to order. I always get 
to margaritas when I'm there, mezcal margaritas. And, you know, there he is ordering his drinks and I'm having a mocktail, which was actually really good, but wasn't an actual margarita. And just observing how I'm still like, ah, like I see myself feeling, thinking I'm missing out. It's not as fun. And just again, as I said, when I'm connected to my why, my multiple whys for wanting to shift my relationship with alcohol, I want to get way more comfortable with having a mocktail. And I see that my brain isn't that comfortable. And I don't trust that if I've now decided to just go back to, you know, conscious drinking on the regular, that my brain isn't also going to, and this is, you know, science will reveal this and I've experienced this after cleanses. I just then go right back and I'm like, oh, it's just four drinks a week. And then it just sneaks up and it gets and and it increases. And so I see that as the work working with just the way that maybe that sounded really boring to you. And you're like, why are you talking about this? But do you see how I'm deeply thinking and observing my mind in different situations and recognizing there's more work to do here? And that's okay. And the fact that I'm rising to the occasion and figuring it out and observing my brain feeling FOMO and feeling like it's not as fun and no fair, Larry's drinking and I'm not <laughs> all those thoughts, right? You know, shows me like that that is me doing the work and that is the work working, even if I don't see or feel the amazing results people say you're gonna feel and see after you stop drinking. And of course there are like my skin looks better. My eye whites, there are some benefits and not to mention, I'm just really fucking proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for showing up the way that I am. I'm proud of myself for being really vocal and transparent with you guys and just looking for a next way to heal and grow as a human. And with my relationship with myself, first and foremost, I'm really proud of that. And that shows me that the work is working because I have proof and evidence that I've just moved through 31 days where I didn't I, I didn't need it. I was fine without it. Yeah, sometimes a little grumpy, but I know I'm doing myself a service. And the last thing that I just want to say here is, I know I said earlier, I know scientifically that going back to drinking isn't the solution just because I don't have the results that I want within 31 days. But it's also been scientifically proven that when you commit to being the future version of yourself and you commit to the behaviors of being that future version of yourself and you show up differently and you treat yourself really well physically for the most part. And, you know, I'm all about Jamie McEwen talks about this. You know, she she looks at approaching your health as 80-20. It's not like 100% perfect and 100% clean and 100% no alcohol, but 80% doing like the healthy things and eating the healthy, clean foods and treating yourself here and there. And when you're implementing those habits regularly and practicing thinking, feeling, and behaving as the future version of yourself in your ideal results, and you're trusting the work and you're looking for evidence that the work is working, like science also shows quantum physics also shows, and I am no scientist, so don't ask me to break that shit down, (laughs) but you will be changing your energy physically, mentally, and emotionally. You will have a different kind of energy that will attract what you want or something better. So this is all science-based. It's just that it's kind of easier, I would say, when it comes to a health goal or, you know, a money goal 
maybe it's cleaning up debt or a, you know, no drinking goal because you've got the tangible proof that you're spending less or whittling down the debt or losing weight or that you have the number of days that you haven't been drinking. And so you have that as evidence to support that you're doing the work. But the same applies for the mind, especially when it comes to something more intangible, like healing your heart. And then tangible, like looking for the one when he's not here. But if you're actively dating, actively, consciously unpacking each of the dates and the people that you attract, what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time? I teach you all of these things. Whether you want to work with me one-on-one or in my group program, you can head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and check out my offers. I know what I'm saying is a lot. There's so many different layers of the work and then also the work to trust the work. (laughs) It's no small feat, but it does work. And I just wanted to offer my personal experience because I've been there when I think the work isn't working over my heartbreak. And I've been there when I think the work isn't working with calling love in. And now I'm here now where my brain wants to say it's not working and you're cranky and you're not enjoying this and you're not feeling like a million bucks like you normally do when you do these cleanses. So fuck this. And I just am here to encourage you to not fall into that trap. Even when your brain wants to believe the work isn't working, keep fucking going because the work does work. And I do believe that there are other factors at play, you know, timing with where, you know, I always say if I had met Larry any earlier, I don't know if we would have worked out. I mean, for sure, not when he was married. (laughs) He's not that kind of guy. But even still to be, you know, two years out. I don't know if we would have been, he would have been ready any earlier. And frankly, I feel like I was just coming out of this, like fall in love with you work. It just, it was a perfect time for us to find each other. But if it happened a year later, who fucking cares? It was just going to happen at that right time. But don't fall into the trap of, oh, it'll happen when it's supposed to. It's all in God's plan. Fuck that shit. No, show up. Collaborate with God, the universe. Show up and be the person in your ideal result. Behave as that person over and over. Clean up the shit when you are saying it's not working. The shit in your mind, I mean. And let yourself feel disappointed when there's initial upsets, right? If you're going on some dates and it doesn't work out and you're bummed about that, you still get to be a human. You don't get to bypass the disappointment and then get back up on the horse and look for evidence that the work is working. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's important for these reminders over and over again. A coach said to me a long time ago, and I totally agreed, coaching is saying the same thing over and over and over again until it lands and saying it in a bunch of different ways so that it finally lands. And I want this to land for you. This work works. I believe in it so much. I would not choose this as my career path and teach this work and practice this work if I didn't believe it in myself, but we don't get to bypass the hard We don't get to bypass the pain. We don't get to bypass the stress and life challenges. We just get to equip ourselves to move through it in a much more conscious way. And that, I think, will yield us the bigger and best results possible beyond our wildest dreams. At least that has been my experience. So I encourage you to be open to doing the same. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Again, check out my offers at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. I'm accepting applications for one-on-one and my group program. Both are incredible offers. There's 
pros to each of those offers, and you can check out all the info about them at clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. Mm-hmm.